Hola, como estas amigos? Is everyone getting on? Welcome to the Higher Training Podcast. This episode, I am joined by Chloe Stevens. Chloe is a musculoskeletal and women's health physio, and she is an online coach and is currently studying to become a nutritionist. We talk a little bit about women's health, a good bit about triathlon, marathon, and some of the common injuries that people may see when running and doing triathlon. Um, talk a little bit about what we've been doing in lockdown, some of the reflection that we've gone through, and we also talk a little bit about raving and festival season, which will be right now. But we have a little bit of reminiscing on some past festivals, chatting about different DJs and such. It's a nice little relaxed conversation, plenty of golden nuggets of information in this one though. Plenty of them. Um, less of me talking, you enjoy the podcast. As always, share it to your story if you like it. Tell your friends about it. Give a little review. Let me know if you have any feedback. And enjoy the podcast. We are live. Thank you for coming on, Chloe. Really appreciate it. And uh, I think a great way to start off would be for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, no mm-hmm. point me in tell you, uh, telling the people about you. You can tell the people about you. Okay, so I'm Chloe. I'm a musculoskeletal and women's health physio, an online coach, and I am also doing MNU to hopefully be a nutritionist if I pass my exams in November. Um, I've been a physio for six years, um, and then when COVID started, I couldn't work in outpatient physio because you're not allowed. So. Um, I was going to go back to doing ward stuff, but I have a heart condition, so I couldn't go back and work on the wards because I'd be at risk. And so I kind of had to pivot and just push my online coaching a lot more than I thought I would have to and a lot quicker than I thought I would have to, but it's been really great to be quite honest. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing. A lot of people have been kind of thrust into that situation where they've been kind of forced to adapt. Um, I was lucky I had like a little bit of online stuff before, so it was a lot easier to transition. Um, mm, mm. What what's it like transitioning? Uh, what you do in person, like maybe to the online online side of things. Um, I think I miss like the human contact and that sort of thing of being a physio. Um, I don't. I work in the NHS and I don't miss the pace because mm. we don't get a lot of time with people. It's about twenty twenty five minutes with a patient, and I would be seeing up to twenty to twenty four people a day and so I think that this pace has been it's nice that I can invest more time into my clients than I would but I do definitely miss the physio side of things and I think it's although you can definitely have very um good physio consultations online you can't palpate or things like that and so the bit of the hands-on of physio is kind of lost um and I can't wait to get back to that to be honest yeah that's a that's a busy schedule. Uh, what's it like trying to get through four or five days of that in a row? Um, not the best. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's this situation has definitely opened my eyes up to the fact that it's just not sustainable to do that. And in mm. fact, your patients probably don't get the best care, especially if they're your like I don't know sixteenth, seventeenth patient on a Friday afternoon if we're honest with ourselves, are they getting as good care as your first patient on a Monday morning? And so I think 
going back, I would probably, you know, think more about scaling back and giving better quality care as opposed to as many people as I can see in a day. Yeah, it's a hard one when you when I started PT and early on, I thought I wanted to get as many people in as I can. But you you face the same difficulties. You you hit a ceiling like the quality is going to diminish once you go past a certain point because you just can't think it's not possible to like have that much going on in your head really and to keep exactly. keep the energy levels going high all day. Yeah, precisely. It's it's so true. So I think it's I think it's been a good time for me to kind of reflect on my practice as a physio and as a coach. And so actually it's been a positive time for me during COVID. Yeah. I, I think I think it has it has been for a few people. Obviously not not for others for myself it's mm. been quite beneficial i've started this podcast i've done a few other things that uh, i wouldn't have done otherwise um mm-hmm. it's funny what, what happens when you're kind of forced to reflect and like have a little bit more time to yourself definitely yeah it really is it really is but is there, uh, sorry is there any other things that you've done uh, that you wouldn't have done otherwise only for lockdown kicked in um i would definitely still be behind in my MNU work (laughs) and I managed to catch up with that so that's been good um I hadn't when a lot of physios learned to teach Pilates and I'd actually stopped doing teaching it because I um, was working in GP surgeries and so actually going back to teaching Pilates online has been um really interesting and I've actually kind of really actually really enjoyed it so and I'd kind of come away from it as part of my physio practice but I would definitely start to bring some of that back in so that's been nice um I've also had a lot of time to like study other things and I think um I also do something called the online trainer education and so I've met a lot of people through that um and had some really good discussions and that's really helped with my like exercise prescription because I think everyone thinks our physios should be good at that and I actually think physios are quite lacking in their ability to prescribe exercise well and so I think this time has really allowed me to focus on that and I definitely think I've improved at that in my own confidence in that as well. Brilliant and when you mean they're not as uh, adept at maybe uh, programming exercises is it exercise itself or is it maybe some of the principles that like you know like things like progressive overload or is Mm. is it what elements are there maybe not focusing on I think yeah I think progressive overload is quite hard because of the scenarios that we work in for a lot Mm. of us we don't work in gyms um, and we have to work out of rooms that don't have a lot of equipment so often progressive overload can be quite difficult in that we generally just work with like three different colored therabands and have to kind of work with that but I think it's definitely made me think about more things like tempo, isometric holds, all those things that we've all had to adapt with our own training and the training that we give to our clients. I think it's definitely made me more mindful of how I would um, prescribe exercise, even just the programming in general, like what, why am I putting some something in that order? Why am I giving that rep range? Why am I giving those number of sets and actually I think a lot of us physios can be so generic, three sets of 10, do go away and do that. So it's been really, really good for me to work with a lot of PTs who are coming at it from a more strength and conditioning perspective and really push my practice as a physio forward, definitely. It's brilliant when you, you, you meet people of like similar field, but just, you know, that different kind of niche. Um, I yeah. recently started working in an osteopath clinic 
and have sports massage therapists there. And I kind of gained a completely different point of view on like movement and, and the body just from hearing how they treat people and the language they use. Yeah. Um, was that, it was like kind of changing your lens. Was that part of the reason why you wanted to progress into things like online coaching and nutrition? Definitely. Yeah. I, I love physio and I love working with injuries, but I kind of always felt that I got to like this ceiling and then I would just be like, okay, well you're okay now. So I can't do anything else for you kind of thing. You know, your injuries. Okay. Um, we're back to a baseline, but now I feel like I can push someone to the next level, you know, mm. and get them more physique goals if that is their goal or more strength goals. And that is exciting to me. And also, I think, you know, being an online coach and coming at it more of like a PT and nutritionist perspective, that's in my mind prevention rather than cure. And mm. physios work to cure. So I think, you know, if you can be more holistic and think, actually, I'm going to get this person to prime their body then hopefully they won't have those injuries anyway and I think um I've spoken a lot to one of my um friends Ali Frazier about this and about the PT and physio relationship and I think quite often we can be um quite dismissive of each other's practice and I think we should be working together because if we can work together we can optimize that person's health optimize that person's strength and really push them to the next level if they've gone through an injury or vice versa if they get injured when they are training they can come straight to the physio so i think yeah i think it's been it's been a real eye opener working with more pts and how good some of them are at prescribing exercise and the way that they do that and why they do certain things and it's really opened up my eyes and definitely pushed my physio practice forward for sure yeah that's one one thing like uh, pts do get a bad rap a lot of the time like um a bad rap and uh obviously with anything there's good pts and there's bad pts and you know yeah I hear bad stories about physios as well. And I always try and tell people, look, it's not physios in general. It's you got a bad, a bad example, or maybe he just didn't know what was up and he what, didn't mm. want to admit, admit it. You know, mm. e- ego can come into play sometimes, unfortunately, as a, as a practitioner. Um, yes. I think being able to discuss with people from different areas can help challenge that ego because you just have to be humble and accept that they know more about what they're talking about than you do. Definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I've often had like conversations with people, and I'm like, I don't know anything about volume. Like, teach me about volume. You know, I I did go to university, and I can tell you about the anatomy, and I can tell you about the physiology of a certain condition, and I can tell you why something's happening. But I want to learn like how to really make that workout a bit more intense for that person, push them to the next level, learn about volume, learn about training intensities, all these sort of things that we kind of don't learn about when we become physios so yeah i totally agree learning from each other is so important absolutely and like even perspective it's not obviously the little the facts and the information is important but gaining a different perspective like a couple of people might look at one thing and see three or four different kind of pathways to wherever they're trying to get yeah you're you have a coach currently don't you yes i do yeah do you think it's a valuable experience having coaches as like a coach 100%. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 
I have trained when I first went into lockdown I was like oh I was thinking about getting a coach then we went into lockdown and I was like oh I'm not gonna bother I haven't got any equipment well I'll just I'll just start running again because I used to do like marathons and triathlons and I was like oh I'll just start running again and then I thought you know we don't know how long this is going to continue so and actually having that structure and having that accountability has been the best thing for me and actually the coach that I chose has really, really helped me understand exercise better and how to ex execute my exercises better because there was a lot of things wrong with my form and having that coach who has looked at my exercises made me better for sure has helped. And it's just the accountability, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's so hard when you're at home. You think, oh, I, you know, I'm at home. I'll have all the time to do this stuff. And then you look at the clock and it's like six and you're like, oh, I'm not going to bother training now. <laughs> so now it's like programmed for me. I know I'm going to do it because yeah. I don't, I, I've got that accountability. So as a coach, do you need a coach? Yes. I, I haven't had just coaches for exercise. I've had coaches for every part of my life <laughs> and it makes such a big difference. Like I've had life coaches, I've had business coaches, I've had exercise coaches why would you not want to learn with from someone who has more knowledge than you in that area? Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've had a couple of coaches and a lot of it obviously is the training and keeping the accountability, but I always find it's very interesting just to see how somebody else kind of views, views things like, cause when you're, I used to program for myself and the way I would look at myself and my movements would be very different. And I just get to see how maybe I only do the things that I like or that I'm really good at. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, I know I have weaknesses, but I just refuse to uh, refuse to do them. Like, yeah. so at the end of a session, I like accessories, and then but when it comes to it, nah, skip it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, it, it can be very good just to have somebody there. Be like, right, you know, you need to do a little bit more of this here. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think it took me about four weeks to get a compliment to say you did that well, and I was like, yes, finally, like I was working, like I was working for those four weeks, and then finally he said, oh, that was good, that was a good set, and I was like, oh my god, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th those little compliments, even even coaches like getting those compliments, giving and yeah. taking them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard you mention triathlon and running there. How long did you do those for? Um, I did um, so. Uh, I did, I've done two marathons and I've done, well, I've done quite a lot of triathlons and then I did half Ironman. I did that for about four years, I would say. I was into that for about four years. Um, I did London Marathon, Amsterdam Marathon, and then I did a half Ironman in like Northern France. Brilliant. And yeah. do you still dabble in any of that? No. No. <laughs> I do go like I will go and run like five to ten k. I did a half marathon in October. Um, I think it for me. Uh, I, the reason I r wanted to run a marathon was because I had um, open heart surgery when I was twenty one because I had a um, congenital heart defect that I only found out about when I was when I was at university the first time, um, and it was kind of in my head it was proving to myself that I was fit, you know? I don't know if I really had a passion for running. I enjoyed it and I loved the training, but I think it was kind of a, like a mental thing for me, like proving to myself that I was healthy, I could do that. And so I, I did those two marathons and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna try triathlon. I did half Ironman, which I actually think was easier than running the two marathons. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that sounds weird, but 
you're doing different things. Yeah, it's keeping it fresh. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, you know, I'd probably be the same. I would never, I would happily try a triathlon, but I don't think I would want to do a marathon. I'm yeah. not the biggest fan of running. I've been trying no. to get, get into it since lockdown kicked in, but my legs have gotten, <laughs> gotten a little bit chunkier since the last time they were trying to propel me. So it's been fun. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a lot of a mental battle. Yeah. You know, and I know it sounds really cliche to say that. And obviously there is a physical element to it, but it is a lot like in your head mm. and it, it is a mental battle for sure. I get so in my head, like, you know, get the slightest little feeling of my Achilles and I'm like, oh, I better be careful. I, I better like maybe stop and walk for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like you get, yeah, you, you do. I think like when I'm running or when I have, not so much now, I only normally do like 5K at the moment. But if, if there's something that's annoying me, I can't not focus on that. So mm. I don't run with headphones because the headphones bouncing around really irritates me. Or if there's like keys in my pocket, I hate anything like that. You just can't help but focus on those things, can you? Or yeah. if you've got a little niggle, that little niggle becomes so, so, um, it just, it just takes over doesn't it and you can't not think about that and then you stop and it goes normally yeah exactly exactly uh yeah sometimes just the case i i just have to push push through that and stop stop focusing on those little things i um yeah. i was interested uh whenever i seen that like you done triathlon and you, you kind of had stopped for a while were you yeah. doing much resistance training whenever you were doing the triathlon or was that maybe not part of no, uh, I think that was, I did the typical thing of like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into exercise, I'm gonna hammer the cardio. So mm. um, I think I obviously did the two marathons, I did the half Ironman, and then I, I was kind of bored. <laughs> you know, like, like, endurance training takes up a lot of time. Mm. And I think, obviously, I was very fit, but the I didn't have the physique that I probably would have wanted. And so that's kind of how I started to do more weight training and resistance training because that gave me the body recomposition that I wanted or the shape that I wanted at that time. Because I think, as I said, the running was kind of just um, proving to myself that I could do something. And then I kind of started to get bored of the amount of time that I had to put into the running and the triathlons. And I actually had quite a bad bad crash on my bike and I kind of lost my lost my confidence on it um and then I kind of I just changed tact and started going to the gym and found that quite interesting and how I could progress with like resistance training and things like that so yeah the progression with run, uh, running and triathlon isn't as uh, as much as you'll notice with weight training obviously yeah. early on you'll notice massive differences in, in either but I've, there's so many more lifts and things that like that that you can progress whereas with triathlon you only got the tree. Yeah, exactly. And you can always get a bit quicker and you can always yeah. get a bit faster, but I kind of feel like I ticked that box and I was like, Hey, next thing. Yeah. <laughs> On to the next one. Did you, yeah. did you have any, any injuries or anything like that uh, along that way whenever you were doing triathlon or marathon? Um, marathon? No, I was very mindful of how I trained and I didn't overtrain. I think the maximum I did was about three runs a week. Class. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't overtrain at all. Um, I, I can't really remember. I think I probably did go to the gym in between those times, but um, marathons, no. Uh, triathlon, the only time I got an injury was when I fell off my bike. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I was lucky. I didn't break anything. I just um, injured my shoulder, but it healed That's quite fine. quickly. 
That's not I was bad. quite lucky with that. I mean, I know a lot of people do get a lot of injuries, but I think quite a lot of them are from overtraining mm. or picking up the pace or sorry, or like moving up too quickly. Yeah. I think a lot of people try and go uh, hell for leather when it comes to running and triathlon. Like mm. if they don't feel, they kind of try and push through the pain to a degree and people don't like playing the long game when it comes to running. It can be a, a hard thing to want to sit at the same like distance for a long time or sit at the same yeah. place for a long time. Definitely. I mean, when I, when it was the beginning of lockdown, I had so many DMs about running injuries and I was like, right, well, you know, you probably haven't run for a while and you've gone straight back to doing a 5k and our bodies like, like little progressions at a time. And that's mm. not just with weight training. You know, we talk a lot about progressive overload with weight training, but our bodies like, load tolerance to increase very gradually in whatever you are doing so mm. at the beginning of lockdown i got loads of messages about people having like running injuries and i think that's just where you've gone from not doing as much to doing so much more and as you said it's just those little tiny increases uh, at a time that our body will respond well to you do too much and it will flare it up yeah sure. absolutely and when it comes to like running injuries what would be some of the common ones that you where people are getting naughty about Calf strains, uh, Achilles tendonitis, mm. um, what was oh knee pain, anterior knee pain a lot of the time. Uh, they plant plantar fasciitis sometimes. They were probably the main ones I was getting. Yeah, I uh, that's why I was I've been so wary about my Achilles, and I, I I think nearly knowing that like you know it's a common it's one of the more common ones. It makes it more likely for me to start thinking about it in my head whenever I'm running. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. and tendons are really strange so your achilles tendon is like any other tendon tendons are um they don't like surprises that's the best way i can put it right so we have one extreme where if you start if you don't do anything you are at risk of a, ten, a tendinopathy or tendonitis inflammation in that tendon but if you increase the load on that tendon too quickly and surprise it it won't like that either so like i said you know if you if you could run comfortably 2k and you suddenly went up to five it might flare it up mm. or if you you know ran 2k and then you started running on a different surface or changed your trainers again it will flare it can easily flare up those tendons so you have to be really uh, gentle with them and expose it to differences really slowly. Yeah, that's my that's that was my that's my reasoning behind staying at three k's at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it's very quick to do as well. Yeah, in and out. <laughs> yeah, and there's pull up bar, uh, pull up and dip bar beside me. I'm like, yeah, run, do pull ups and dips, and that's me sorted. Don't need Perfect. anything else. <laughs> I see you got a nice little gym set up at the back yourself. Yeah, we we were uh, at first. I was like, "Oh no!" We just put an, uh, me and my housemate put an adver um, advertisement on Facebook. We were looking for something, and we managed to get two twenty kg plates, uh, fives, two and a halfs, and then I bought some ten kilos. So I feel like I've got enough now. I mean, obviously it's not perfect, but you know, I can work with it for sure. It's just a bit annoying that when it rains, you're kind of like, <laughs> like this morning, this morning took me ages to train. So I was like trying to find a place inside that I could do some of the exercises that I've been put on my plan. Mm. And so I was in and out, in and out, in and out. But yeah, I, I have got a good little setup now, to be fair. My coffee 
table that I'm doing hip thrusts on is looking a little bit like I saw that. <laughs> I know one of the legs is a bit bent. I'm sure I'm going to go for it one morning. <laughs> hey, it's all worth it for the glucans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all worth it. Uh, we obviously were coming. We're right in the middle of what would be festival season. Uh, can you see yourself turning the house into a mini mini festival with different stages? I would, I would love that. I mean, <laughs> I, I, do you know what? Last year I was like, oh, I'm 30 now. I feel like I should go into like rave retirement. <laughs> and then now, now I can't go. I'm like, I'm definitely coming out of rave retirement. Like, I can't wait to go to a rave. Rave um, retirement at 30? Why would you, yeah, why would you retire so early? Because <laughs> <laughs> I had a good few years of it. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, yeah, that would be amazing. It, I, I I really want to get back to like I don't know where do you normally go I would be boring enough for maybe four or five months at a time and but yeah. festival wise that's summer I would go to three or four festivals uh, I've been to We Are Festival I've been to Love Box I've been a load of a few few of the London ones and then ones back home in Ireland before I moved yeah. over um, uh-huh, so I haven't been I, any of the big ones like Glastonbury yet though you've been uh, to Glastonbury have you yeah I've been a few times Glastonbury's like Disneyland for adults—it's the best thing ever. I mean, that's really. I, I, if we didn't, obviously, that would be at the top of my list. But I didn't have tickets for it this year anyway. So, and I probably won't next year because everyone that was this year will have a ticket for next year if it's even on. Who knows? Um, But yeah, Glastonbury is obviously top of my list. Um, That's probably where I've had some of my best times, to be honest, in my whole life. I can't even lie. (laughs) They're brilliant. It's like being transported to a different planet nearly. It's like, no worries. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Glastonbury is like five days of the most amazing time you'll ever have with your friends. Even like, I, I, I find the weird thing about festivals is you've got all this amazing music around you. And even just sitting by your tent is some of the best fun you'll ever have. Oh, yeah. The first few festivals I went to, I was like, I want to see this person. And I like yeah. every, every hour was planned out and then did that. And I was like, all right, that's good enough. Second festival, you know, I don't even care who's on, like just where, wherever's vibing. Like, yeah, exactly. Know. I know, I know the feeling you're like, and also like at Glastonbury, I'm sure they do it to like crowd control. They put two really good people on at the same time. You have to choose between them. Yeah. And so you always got to make that choice, but also you know, like you said, you'll plan out your day initially and then your day, your plan will go to shit, to be honest. Depends on what you drink as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, in London, I mean, I've been to Lovebox. I've been to We Are. Mm. Uh, we Are wasn't my favourite. It was just that whole having to get the just bus like there. It. Like, that really annoyed me. Like, yeah. I, I didn't enjoy that. I love. I liked Lovebox. That was in Victoria Park when I went. It was, yeah. I was at it, yeah. I think it was at it two years, maybe. I mean, no, I was going to go this year as well. That's what it was. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I found the time I went, to, uh, we went to Lovebox. I'm pretty sure it was Lovebox. They scored us out the wrong way. And we ended up going into a random park and there was no lights or nothing. There was like thousands. Oh, no. It was like, I'd say, okay, this is an exaggeration. I'd say there was maybe 500 people going down into this random massive park with no lights and we couldn't get out. Oh. It was a bit oh, no. strange, and you know when people are a little bit spooky after a festival, and like yeah, it was yeah. a bit, it was a bit tense. <laughs> <laughs> we all got away. We all got home safely. I think you, you, you made it home just about. <laughs> just about. It, it was a bit of a hairy one. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good festival. SW Four. I've always had a good time at SW Four. Um, also, I love Printworks. Oh, stop! I love Printworks. 
I was at the last yeah. one before uh, lockdown uh, kicked in. Kicked in. Why? It was a bit strange because like people, a lot of people weren't going out at that stage. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was a very odd experience. There was nobody there. It was like the first time I could lift my arms up in print works. Really? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I was. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, are we always going to have to like social distance at a rave? Mm. Like, how does? How do you do that? How is that going to happen? Like. I don't You're know. You're going to need massive venues. Yeah. <laughs> the last time I went to Printworks, I saw... Who did I see? It was a Paradise one. Oh, so it was yeah. quite techno, but the, the power kept outing. So it just... <laughs> yeah, it just went a bit flat. But the one before that, I saw Adam Bayer and he did oh, like a... Ma- he, did, he, he did a marathon set. It was yeah. the best set I've <laughs> ever seen in my whole life. Did you do the marathon? Yeah, we were there all day. <laughs> and, the, and the last song yeah that was the, that was my third marathon oh brilliant <laughs> and a marathon set mm. but he the last song he dropped was um, Stone Roses Fool's Gold and I was unreal. like oh my god it was just so unreal because it was such a contrast to what he played all day and that's one of my favourite songs and I was like oh my god unreal what yeah a that was a good one such a banger I love and when also, DJs just throw in stuff like that and they don't care like you know it's yeah. a good song throw it in yeah yeah yeah, it just and everyone just is like, oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Tobacco Dogs is another good one. I've seen Adam Bayer there as well. I do love Adam Bayer. He's very good. So good. So so good. Yeah. Um, but Patrick Topping is another one of my faves. Patrick is a good chap. Yeah. He's a very good chap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love a bit of Patrick Topping. I mean, it all oh, green velvet. Oh, stop. Uh, yeah. Camera's ready. Prepare to flash. That yeah, is an absolute banger. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I remember when all them tunes were kind of like coming out, I was I was out wilder back then, but they, yeah. <laughs> they are tunes that like whenever you know the, the come on, it like reminds you of a time. Like that's Definitely. one of them ones for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Green Velvet always reminds me of Amnesia in Ibiza. Um, oh, don't talk to me about Ibiza. <laughs> I, know. I know, I know. I saw like the other day that Wayne Lineker said it was opening for 2020 and I was like, what? That would be I mean, mad. I know. Twen- I was thinking closing parties. If if they are called closing parties this year, I don't know. Opening slash closing parties. Yeah, just party. Party, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'd know where you could socially distance in, in Ibiza, the way to pack them clubs. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, I mean, who knows we're going to do that again, but... Yeah. I, I do miss it. I really absolutely, do. Absolutely, absolutely. Who knows? But um, moving back on to a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> training related, uh, do you do you think that um, when it comes to like PTs um, or coaches, maybe in general, they don't know enough about women's health, and it's maybe an area that should be they should be educated more on? Um, yes, I do definitely. I think with regard to like pregnancy, um, I think we all kind of getting a little bit of a a flap about periods and stuff like that and I do think it's really important to have an awareness of that with your client but I think sometimes we can be like well in this phase of your period you're going to be weak and at this phase you're going to be strong and and I I never think I always think nothing's ever that black and white and so I could sit here and say at this stage you're going to be this and this stage you're going to be that but it really depends on the person and I think it's just being quite um in tune with your own body as a woman and knowing when in your cycle you are stronger you are weaker blah 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 and I don't think we 
you can give such broad brush strokes as you will be like this and you will be like that. And I see that a lot on Instagram and stuff. And I just think mm, it, it's very person dependent. Like yeah. you just don't know. So I think with regard to that side and training, it's just about listening to your client and then your the, the client listening to their own body. Um, then with regards to the other stuff I do with women's health. So I did, a, I put a lecture up on my page the other day about like the gapping of the tummy muscles and stuff like that. So that can be quite important to consider with your postnatal patients and pain around the pelvis after having a baby can be quite a big deal. And then, I mean, I don't know how I can talk about this for hours. So stop me if this is a relevant, like incontinence is a big issue yeah. for women. It's like one in three women that are incontinent and so um i mean i don't i i don't know how you would broach that with your client but maybe they would tell you i mean you know if you watch weightlifting competitions you watch women wet themselves when they lift yeah. really heavy weight so yeah i know i have been um, uh, clients have told me like just said to me yeah can we not do too much jumping stuff because like yeah. i'll pee myself and i was like that's fair enough you know just let me know yeah 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 exactly so that kind of high intensity pressure on the pelvic floor can lead to leaking and i would say you know the great thing about women's health physio is if you are consistent with pelvic floor exercises 70 percent of women get better when i say consistent it's as consistent as you would go to the gym you know yeah. it's three times a day you've got to do the exercises um and you've got to be consistent for about three to six months but 70 percent of people see a change so that's quite a big number absolutely if i was talking about musculoskeletal physio i don't think 70 percent of my patients get better unfortunately mm. and so you know i think just having an awareness of it and pointing your um uh, clients in the right direction i mean the um pelvic and obstetric and gynae physio association have some amazing leaflets so even if you were to point them toward your patient or sorry your clients towards those that that's a really good resource and i would always recommend their leaflets they're really really um informative and they've got really great detail and i think it's just having an awareness of it it is a, and and the fact that it's so common for so many women yeah yeah and a lot of them would probably be afraid to say it well maybe yeah. not afraid but just embarrassed maybe to say it yeah 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 exactly and I, that's one of the things that i you know it it's it's common but it's not normal and i think people just think oh it's normal for a woman to wet herself a bit it's not like you know common and normal are very different words and i think Absolutely. the more we talk about it and normalize talking about it the more women aren't going to just suffer in silence because of that problem because it, it can be so it can be a barrier to women exercising yeah. it can be a barrier to some women even leaving the house it can really um have detrimental effects to their relationships and things like that so you know if we talk about it more and not i'm afraid to talk about it it can make a really big difference and that's why i talk about it all the time and i try yeah. to make people not be embarrassed about talking about it yeah i can get that off you you you, you do a good job of making it not an awkward subject because that's Thanks. one thing people <laughs> people will be like oh no it's an awkward subject they don't want to talk or listen to it better but you just flat out say it because it shouldn't shouldn't be that taught like that yeah, no. exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I think we just get ourselves wrapped up in things, don't we? Like, we're all human. We yeah. all go to the toilet. We all exactly. have sex. We all do all these things that we don't think we should talk about. And actually, just talk about it more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. And 
when it comes to that, like if you're bringing awareness, you know, I just have to talk about it like on things like this. Um, it makes it more likely for people to talk about it to their friends. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I mean, I I remember is it Fern McCann? She talked about her prolapse quite a lot, and I, I just think that's amazing. Like more people need to talk about that kind of stuff because so like I think it's about fifty percent of women have some sort of prolapse at some point in their life. So it is so important to talk about it and and normalize it because that makes people more likely to seek help for those sort of things. You shouldn't suffer in silence. So yeah, absolutely. And and then on the other side of things, uh, you're very good at combating people who sell um, maybe less than acceptable nutrition products and and teas <laughs> and 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 the such, which I do respect a lot because I think you know at this stage people are still buying uh, products from you know hashtag influencers that yeah. have no benefit to their health health. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a massive problem. Is it? I, I don't know. I really hope it's getting better. Like, yeah, is it? Like, I it's a hard what, one to know whether or not yeah, it is getting better. Yeah, I, I think what happens is because we fo- like because I follow a lot of people who are evidence based PTs, yeah. nutritionists. I see it through this like through a lens because I have eradicated all those people from my following because I don't want to follow people who promote bullshit. Yeah. And so I've kind of filtered it out, but then I, I don't know what other people, what lens other people see these things through from. And I do still see people promoting stuff like that. And I, I'm just like, I can't believe you're still listening to these people. Like, it's, where, yeah. where are they coming from? Are they like crawling out from under a rock? Like, what's <laughs> going on? Like, Yeah, people get in their own little bubble. But like, the chances of yeah. like somebody randomly following somebody who puts up evidence-based uh, stuff yeah. you have to actually be like taking an interest to go and do that unfortunately yeah, a lot yeah. of the time yeah. it's a it's a it's yeah. a hard gap to kind of bridge because you want to try and educate more people but like how do you how do you reach that I think and it's not it's not as sexy is it in, in no. inverted commas because you know if I sit here and say actually you know you're gonna have to be in a moderate calorie deficit for 12 weeks at least to see change it's not that oh I did this yesterday evening and now I've lost five pound it's not sure you know the shortcuts are sexy you know mm. I can get it really quick when actually you know it, everyone wants a shortcut but actually putting the sustained heart work in isn't as sexy and so people aren't drawn to it no. um but you know it always happens doesn't it like you're I don't know about you I had a client message me today and she was like oh I stepped I felt so good and then I stepped on the scale and I looked at my measurements and now I feel rubbish and I was like hang on a minute let's just pull this back the first thing you said to me was I felt so good Mm. and then as soon as you stepped on the scale and looked at the tape measure you suddenly feel awful but those numbers don't define your worth and what's more important is how you felt and so it's trying to get out of that like mindset isn't it of a number dictating how you feel about yourself because if you feel good that's what's most important and I always try and get that through to my clients like uh don't like answer your questionnaire first tell me how you feel before you step on those scales and before you take those measurements because I guarantee if you feel good and then you let those numbers dictate how, or you do the, do it the other way around sorry you you'll feel worse because the numbers the numbers lie don't they yeah <laughs> flat out like um yeah. yeah people people do get hung up on weight but like I know weight would be something that like maybe my aunties or uncles or people would say you know oh you put on a bit of weight yeah you lost a little bit of yeah. weight it's always been weight 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 so it gets ingrained into you to a degree yeah 
definitely yeah 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 yeah. and the weight can fluctuate so much so mm. you know all those teas and stuff like that you're just losing water you're not yeah. losing fat like no. and no. as soon as you start to understand that it it takes some of the pressure off doesn't it like so many of my clients now i get their check-ins and they've said well i had quite a lot of carbs for dinner last night so i know that the glycogen is going to be stored with water so my scale weight has gone up but i'm not bothered and i'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> winning that is brilliant yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah. one interesting uh, kind of conversation i had with somebody on one of the podcasts before that I, i'd like to bring up with you is yeah. which do you think is maybe worse for people's health this is it's not like going to be it's obviously a conversation it's not a black or white answer but yeah. mcdonald's or social media obviously two of them on their own they are not bad on their own you know, it's the overconsumption, yeah. etc. But which would you pick? Which would I pick if I had to? Yeah, social media. To. Social media. Social media. Yeah. What, because comes? I think as much as you try not to, comparison is the thief of joy. And mm. even I compare myself to other coaches, other like or like I look at people fitness models and I get like sucked in and I you can't help it you know yeah you, you really have to like step away and step back and think well like, what am I doing whereas I mean I just put a post up yesterday about my client messaging me saying can I have yeah. a McDonald's and I was like yeah does it fit <laughs> your calories go ahead girl like enjoy it so you know I would definitely say social media maybe yeah. I mean, obviously, an overconsumption of McDonald's is not going to be ideal, and it's not very nutritionally dense. But you know, I don't believe that there are good or bad foods. So no. I would, but I think social media can. I feel like it has got more um, positive. I feel like it's moving in a better direction. Mm. It's but a, you know, it's a hard one to like. It is hard to judge when things are moving in a certain direction with social media because you're like, great. Right, I'm looking at my own feed, which is very different to everybody else's feed. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think you, you have to be really selective with who you follow. Yeah. And if someone's not making you happy following them, then you have to take uh, responsibility for that and remove them. Yeah. Exactly. If you're getting triggered like every second day, there's no point in following them. Yeah. And that's why I say to people, like, if you don't like the fact that I say vagina, you need to unfollow me right now because I will say it a lot and I'm not going to stop. You know, yeah. that's fine. If you don't like that, don't follow me because I, yeah. I will say it and I'm not going to not say it. You know, if you, if you feel uncomfortable with me talking about prolapses, I'm probably not the girl for you. So, <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. And that is okay, isn't it? And I think it's just learning that, it's okay. You know, we all are going to be drawn to people for different reasons and exactly. there's no judgment. Just, you know, I'm going to keep talking like this. So if you don't like it, unfollow me and that's fine. Cause we're exactly. Not, Whoever not. likes what I'm saying is going to keep liking what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. One, one thing I, you're very good at, your content is very good and focused on mindset and, and the mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been a crazy enough time over the last three months, obviously. We've had to adopt, adapt a different situation. But how have you been helping your clients look after their mindset or improve the mindset in lockdown? Uh, okay. Um, so, like, last year, I actually had life coaching myself because my mm. mindset was a bit off, <laughs> for want of a better word. Um, and I think what really helped me was being really consistent with journaling uh affirmations um also meditation 
um, and um, just writing things down in general and being really um, consistent with that. Also, I am very driven and that often leads to being very self-critical and I got to a place where I couldn't even be on my own like I would always have to fill my time up so much so I was always busy and I and my life coach made my life coach made me realize that's because I couldn't be in my own head because I was horrible to myself all the time, you know. So I was really self-critical, like, oh, you should be doing this. And and I was talking to someone the other day about this, actually. And, you know, people always like, oh, you're really healthy and you go to the gym all the time. And that's too far in one extreme, I am, you know. And people, people will validate that behavior because it's healthy in inverted commas. But when you go too much that way, it's not healthy either, you know. And I'd, I'd, I'd miss a gym session and I'd literally come down on myself or I'd overtrain to a point where I was being so critical. And so that's working with my life coach really changed my mindset of being a bit nicer to myself and one thing I always say to myself now is if I wouldn't say that to my best friend don't say it to yourself yeah love that yeah if you if you if you can honestly say that you would be fine saying that to your best friend or your sister or your brother then fine but if you can't if you know you wouldn't say that to another person that you care about don't say it to yourself that would be one of my biggest things and then I really, I, when my clients are struggling with like maybe emotional eating, I always say to them, why don't you try journaling, try a gratitude diary. Um, and the other thing, I haven't really meditated so much recently, but what I have been doing is every morning I leave this at home, my phone, and I go for a walk. And that makes such a huge difference. And it sounds really small, but just having, not having been having something in your ears, not listening to a podcast. Um, because I was getting to a point where I'd be like, I'll go for a walk, but I listen to a podcast. So it's educational, you know, and actually you just sometimes need a bit of time away from everything. And I haven't sat down and meditated, but I kind of feel like that's become my meditation. Yeah. I find that I, I got like that for, uh, for a while, a couple of different periods, like trying to fill your time as much as you can. Like, it's like, right, I'm going for a walk, but I want to try and be as productive on this walk as I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, chill the fuck out, mate. I just go for a walk. You don't even need music. You can just go out and listen to the wind. <laughs> exactly. No, it, and it sounds really like hippie. And I yeah. sometimes feel like I'm a proper hippie, like, but just listening to the birds or like going for a walk that's okay not every and that's something I've had to learn is not every minute of your day has to be full of productivity that's okay as well and actually you tend to be more productive if you have that time away from everything yeah yeah if you have time where you're not really focused too much on it and you're just relaxing sometimes you get your best ideas out of that like Oh, I get definitely like if I'm on a walk, like something will come to me and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to post about that today or I'm going to talk about this or definitely. I totally agree with you. You Sometimes or sometimes it's all right to just sit on the sofa and watch friends. And I I never used to allow myself time to do that kind of stuff. But it's so important. And that's what I try to preach to my clients. Like, yeah, obviously I want to help you lose weight, but it starts in your mind and being nice to yourself and respecting yourself enough to choose the nourishing food, respecting your body enough to do the exercise. You know, you might not like your body right now, but you can be neutral about it and you can respect it. 
Yeah. And that's where that I think that all comes from. And, you know, working all three things together, nutrition, um, exercise or your and your mind, they all need to come together. And that mindset stuff is so important. You know, it doesn't matter what macro split you're on if your mind isn't in the right place. Yeah. Exactly. One thing I, I, I've i done before in the past myself, and I've seen it loads of times, is when like people get really rapid weight loss or fat loss, but there's no real change in the mindset or there's no education. They haven't learned or come away with any lessons. It's just like yeah. you follow this and then you go away, but then afterwards there's nothing there for them to fall back on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think I think it's so, so important to like educate your clients as well and not just give them some sort of cookie cutter mechanism to to get the results that they want obviously it's really important as a coach to get results and that is important but at the same time i always think what i want my clients to have is an education and i want to coach them so well that they don't need me yeah i want to look after them so well that they want to stay (laughs) that's a nice way to put it i (laughs) i generally try and think it that way like if if a client leaves, I'm not looking at it as a bad thing. You know, they've obviously yeah. felt comfortable enough. Yeah. That they're able to go off on their own. Well, that's yeah. what I tell myself so I can go to sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that is a big thing. People try and focus solely on the physical outcome, but they don't focus on the processes or maybe habits that might get you there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's all in the habits. You know, it it is all in those little habits and they can just be really small changes. But if you're super consistent with them, there's a book called The Slight Edge. I don't know if you've read it. It's a really good book and it's called The Slight Edge. and And he says in that book, it's as easy to do the little things as it is to not do them. But having the slight edge is doing them, you know? So whether that's like doing, I don't know, 7,000 steps a day, it's easy to say to yourself, oh, I won't do it today. But it's just as easy to put your trainers on and get it done. Or it's easy to not write in your gratitude diary. But actually doing that every day is what's going to make you your mindset better. And they are little things, but they do make a huge difference. Yeah, they'll have knock-on effects. I find if I don't do those small things, when it comes to bigger things, uh, it's a lot harder to face almost. So let's say I haven't done all my small things in the morning, haven't journaled, haven't, um, I don't know, cleaned the dishes, put a wash on, whatever it is I'm supposed to do. Yeah. By the time it's workout time, I'm like, do I really want to do it? But on yeah. the days where I'm like, yes, everything, tick it off the list, done, 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 yeah. it's easy. Yeah, it is definitely, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it is a strange one. And it, it, yeah, I do think it is really hard, especially in the current situation, to keep to those things. I'm not mm. saying it's easy. You know, it, it, it is challenge. It is a challenge. But I do think what's helped me through this time where, you know, I have had to like pivot and build my other business because I haven't been able to do my normal job it is being consistent I, I try to get up at the same time every day I try to do those that that walk in the morning and that's made the biggest difference to me I think yeah I think I might uh, follow your lead with the phoneless walk I've been doing a, uh, like yeah. a 10 minute walk most mornings yeah and like having a little talking into the camera for a little bit but they can wait till 10 o'clock. They can wait. Yeah, they can. <laughs> and, yeah. And I, I, let me know how you get on with it because I'll be, uh, two people like tagged me in their phoneless walk this week when they got back. Obviously not when they were on the walk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. But yeah. they tagged me in it and they were like, it's made such a difference. And I was like, I know it's amazing, isn't it? And it is just like meditation. It's just yeah. time with yourself. Which and is you really can have important. it in your foot. Fo- you can have it in your pocket. But yeah, if it's in your pocket, you're still going to be thinking about other things. And 
you might just stick if it your buzzes, hand into the you'll, yeah. I, I just put it on the kitchen work surface and go. Do you have times where you don't maybe look at your phone, or do you have like app app locks or anything like that? No, I don't. And and that's one thing I haven't been so good at since I've been on lockdown is normally I'd be off my phone by nine, but I haven't been so consistent with that. But I think it's because I've been so mindful of the fact that I need to like push my content, push my business forward. And so I've been really consistently on my phone, but it it, has helped me. But I think having that walk has been really important. And one thing I always do is I don't keep my phone in my room when I go to bed. Yeah. I put my phone out on the landing and plug it in because if it's out of your room, it does make a big difference. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, that's one thing I might be might be guilty of. I and I always get the fear that I didn't put the right alarm on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy an alarm clock. I have an alarm clock it's... because you can always use that excuse of oh, you know my alarm. But you know, an alarm clock works very well. It worked really well before anyone had a smartphone. So I bought an alarm clock. Yeah. And it's actually a lot louder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's not as easy just like, you know, snooze. <laughs> no, it's not at all. So, yeah, I would say invest in an alarm clock. I think they're about £5. Class. I, I'm definitely yeah. going to do that. The sleep is the yeah. one, th- one thing that I probably have learned the most lessons in, in, um, in lockdown because I would have been good with it before, but most more so because I was active, I was tired. It was a lot easier, you know, like yeah. 10 o'clock comes around, I'm gone. But now yeah. that, you know, I'm sitting around a little bit more, I've noticed that. You know, that's sleep. It's pushing back to 11. It's yeah. extra episode of Netflix. Sometimes yeah. you just have to dial it back. Yeah, definitely. definitely I, I think back. my bedtime has got later. And because it's so light in the mornings, I'm still waking up at the same time. So I'm definitely not getting enough sleep. So I did think to myself yesterday, I really need to be more mindful next week of my sleep pattern and try and get to bed a bit earlier because it makes such yeah. a big difference. Yeah, it is hard though when you're like to to push the, your business and push social media you do have to put a lot of time and effort into it um a lot of yeah. people think it's quite easy just to put up stuff but it's definitely not not easy and oh, no. staying on top of it is is hard and you do have to make sacrifices of a little bit of sleep maybe or whatever yeah. else to get it done yeah i think yeah and blocking out that time to do it is quite a good thing to do i i, I have a, like a little um list of things that i'm going to post and so i i try and stick to that unless i get like a real big brainwave of what i'm going to post about but generally it's about that kind of thing so yeah i think if you block out time then you kind of free up time in the week so you're not like sitting there like 11 o'clock at night thinking what am i going to do tomorrow yeah. um that helps i think yeah, just structure and being prepared. So, yeah. Same with everything. If you're exactly. prepared, it all helps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely. I uh, I think we'll we'll uh, venture off into the final questions now. It's yeah. Not, it's not not going to be too bad. It's going to be simple enough. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> uh, have you watched any really great movies or series in lockdown? Do you know what? My housemate would laugh at this question because I don't watch TV at all. Not really. Fair play. The the, the uh, what are we watching? The one thing we are watching at the moment is the new series of Queen of the South, and that's it. That's fair enough. I yeah. know you're going to be able to answer the next one a little bit better. What's the best book okay. you've re- read recently, or your favorite book? Um, my favorite book I read recently. Oh, uh, I'm reading reading one at the moment called Solve Your Happy, and that's about finding a way, like being happy even mm-hmm. through painful experiences. And so that's a really good one. I can't remember what the author's called, but I'll I'll send you the copy of the title. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, 
I'm pretty sure you, you, you might be, yeah, I know you're a fan of uh, house and uh, techno, but is there any albums that really stick out to you that you're like, right, that's my favorite album or? Um, my no. favorite album of all time is um, Jamie XX in color. Oh, very good choice. Mm just because of the memories that i have associated with it like i I don't i don't think it's the most pioneering music or anything but it's just the memories that i have associated with that and it is from glastonbury so yeah that's my favorite album yeah i like the the reason why i ask i'm trying to gather as much uh, good albums as they can i want to get more into like listening to albums from start to finish because you know sometimes you miss a little bit whenever you only listen to a single song yeah, and it's not the same as when you used to buy the CD. Is it? Nah. You used to put the CD like in your car or like listen to the <laughs> whole CD. So you just pick the tracks that you like now, don't you? I I don't know when I last listened to a whole album. Yeah, no, I've I've been bad the last couple of weeks, but I was going through maybe one or two a week on purpose. Yeah. Like I'm gonna, yeah. I nearly set out a schedule. It was nearly more important than my <laughs> weekly schedule. <laughs> um, and that is us. That's the questions, nice and simple. Uh. Music is something I always have to ask about. Um, I was going to be, I was going to go and study music production uh, before I decided uh, to do sports science and health. So I, I said I'd always have to have to dabble in it in some way, even if it's only a question. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice though. I like that question, but that's definitely my favorite album, just Bless. because of the memories I have with it. Brilliant. I think also the thing about that album is you can listen to it when you're chilling, but mm. also you can listen to it before a night out. And it, and so I think it's, it's quite versatile in how you can listen to it. Yeah, it really is. Like it can kind of get you a bit hyped up, like, oh, I'm going to go out. But at the same time, there's some tracks on there that are so like chill and you can just sit and chill to it. So I, I, I really like it for that reason. Class. And yeah. that is us. Uh, what would you like to tell uh, the people what services you're offering currently and where they can find you? Yeah, so my um, Instagram handle is at Chloe Stevens Coaching. And if you have any sort of women's health issues, nutrition questions, training questions, you are more than welcome to hit me up. I, as I said, I do talk about vaginas a lot. So if you're easily <laughs> offended, then I'm probably not the person for you. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's an issue or a topic that needs to be discussed more. So I endeavor to continue discussing women's health issues. You keep doing you. Thanks. Thank you very much for coming on, Chloe. My really pleasure. Take care. Muchas gracias for listening to the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. As I mentioned before, give it a share to your story. Let me know what you think about it. Tell your friends about it. And also, educate yourself about current events and people of other cultures and learn a little bit more about the injustices that are going on around you shit's fucked up and like recent events are only highlighting what bad shit that's already been going on and it's every single one of our duties to learn a little bit more about our own biases and the way that we look at other people and how we treat other people we're all humans we should all treat each other the same treat somebody by their character not by the look of their skin and just fucking reflect on your own behaviour you just have a lovely day thank you very much for listening